So last week we talked about worship and how. So if you're, if you're new, if you haven't been here before, um, what we're doing is taking basic Christian practices and we're actually on week eight, which is insane. But we're taking basic Christian practices and we're devoting a whole week to talking about why we do it. And so for some of us, we're really familiar, right? We talked about prayer and people are like, Totally, right? Christian or non-Christian, you're aware of what prayer is. But we go, hey, let's re-remember. Or maybe for some of us, let's learn for the first time, why do we pray? What's the Bible say about it? What do we believe about it? And we talk about it. But we use the second week to, to, after we transition from the why, we go to the how. And we try to get as practical as possible. Because Matthew 7 is, Jesus gives this example. He goes, hey, there's a wise man and a foolish man, and, and both hear my words but the wise man puts my words into practice. The wise man is like the man who builds a house on a solid foundation. So when the storms come, it stands. And this whole series is kind of going, hey, how do we become a Matthew 7 wise man who hears the words of Jesus and puts them into practice? So this week, we're gonna introduce a new practice and talk about why, but stay tuned because next week we're gonna talk about how. So come back and it's gonna be awesome. So last week, we finished up with worship and how. And I wanna actually open it up real quick and just check in. Did anyone try anything, whether it went good or bad, perceivably good or bad, it was probably just a great step no matter what. Uh, But did anyone try anything in the past week in regards to worship and how did it go? And I'm being vulnerable. If no one answers, we're just gonna take it in stride and I'll cry internally. I'm just kidding, I won't, I won't, it's okay. But I'd love to hear, did anyone try anything this week? How'd it go? Tell me, tell us. That's awesome. That's amazing. You listen to the podcast. God, this is overwhelmingly good answer. No. no, so so if you didn't hear him, that's Aaron. He was saying that he went to the Hillsong concert and like actually like danced. And we talked about that last week about just listen to the podcast. Very vulnerable and how like there's things that that as a kid we love doing in freedom, but as we get older, things tell us it's embarrassing. But maybe God has something for us there. So that's actually such so cool, Aaron. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I've got an example, but I'll wait. What else? Anyone else try anything? Unbelievable. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Unbelievable. So yesterday I tried something. Um, we woke up, uh, Leah and I, and it's our day off. Saturday's a, a day off for both of us. It's our only day of the week where both of us are not working, which is awesome. And uh, she wanted to start the day um, with God. I thought that was a terrible idea, but I said, okay, I'll do it. And uh, no, but I was like, good idea. I really didn't think about it. And I was like, that's a good, that's a good call. And so um, I told you guys about how I'm a morning person, except that I'm the opposite of that. And so I was like, okay, I need to walk around because I'm just tired because that's how I am in the morning. And so I put in work and I walked up and down my driveway. They just paced back and forth because I get self-conscious when cars pass me by. So I was just I stuck, stayed on my property and, and uh, walked back and forth. And honestly, I was kind of tired just the whole time out of it. I was trying to pray. I was like, God, I can barely, I just, uh, I can't even think. I'm emotionally completely shut off and you helped me. And um, it was okay. I, I felt like I stretched my worship muscles. Uh, I didn't feel super great, much like exercising when you don't feel like it. It's like, okay, I guess I just did it. It never felt good for one second. But, but what was cool was last night, it produced this conversation between Leah and I. I, I literally was like, hey, 
Worship this morning was just hard. And I have all these like sweet nostalgic memories of nighttime. I love going outside. When it, this season is my favorite. Um, even the mugginess, I enjoy it, which is super weird. But I love going outside when it's warm and worshiping and praying. That's where I, I just really connect with God. And so we talked. I was like, hey, do you think that I could work in like a 30 to 45 minute rhythm at nighttime? I don't want to mess our rhythm up too much where we don't get time together. Um, but also I know this is a place. And so we're going to try it. And so that was an experience I had with worship. So just to encourage you, we had someone talk at the 9 a.m. about something they tried and it wasn't great. And, uh, but they took a step. And just if that's where you're at, that's great. Keep trying stuff. Let's, let's participate. I believe God truly will have something so good. So anyway, I wanted to check in, um, follow up. So all right, I'm gonna open us up with a question, all right, on the new practice, and I'm gonna invite you to think and contemplate, okay? So if I asked you what it looks like to live a life uh, in the image of God, like if I asked you, hey, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? What are some of the things you do? Uh, maybe the simplest way to say it is, what do Christians do? What are like, what makes them uniquely Christian? Like, you know, what are those things? I want you to say, I'm gonna give us like 20 to 30 seconds to just be quiet and just consider what, what do Christians do that make them Christian? What are the things that are valuable in the Christian faith? Okay, so think to yourself, and then I'm going to open it up for a response. Okay, cool. I'm going to look down because it's weird. All right, I'd love to hear. So when you think of like, hey, what's, if you're living a life in the image of God, what are some things that you're doing? I'd love to hear. What are some things that come to your mind? Loving our enemies. Loving our enemies. Amazing. Not talking bad. I like that. About them. Yes. What? Good. I didn't hear what you said, though. Anybody. I got caught going, yeah, good. Okay, I don't know what he said. But I was like, oh, wait, that's not real. Okay, yeah, what'd you say? Okay, great. Don't talk bad about anybody. Yeah, it's great. What else? Following the Holy Spirit. Following the Holy Spirit. Amazing. Serving. Serving. Couple more. Yes, absolutely. Forgiving. Come on. That back row, just, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all just got lit back there. Um, hugging people, forgiving people. Yeah, that's so good. Those are, those are great examples. I think about like uh, befriending, like actually being in relationship with the marginalized. Uh, sacrifice is a good word. Surrendering. Um, discipleship. Uh, church. The church body is unique to, to Christianity and all those things. But you know what word rarely comes to mind when we're thinking about, hey, what does it look like to live a life following God? But I actually think is a central part of life with God is the word rest. All right? The word rest. Typically, everything that we name is action oriented, right? What are you doing, right? Like I'm, I'm putting forth energy toward something. But, but today, I want to talk about a basic Christian practice that um, if you have an experience similar to mine, you've heard of it, uh, you haven't like, taken a deep dive into it, but it's the word Sabbath, the word Sabbath. So the basic Christian practice that we're talking about today is Sabbath. And I want to just prepare us a little bit. I feel like I learned this from the nine and I want to prepare us. We're going to walk through scripture a lot and I'm going to be giving a lot of information 
It's the why week, um, but I wanna invite you to take an attentive posture. It's cloudy and gloomy and kind of sweet, soft and sleepy right now. Just the day is, I feel that way. I'm like, I just wanna cuddle up and just fall asleep for a few hundred hours. And so, um, so like be attentive, like, like listen, I think we're gonna set a biblical precedent today, which is really cool. And I think what we're talking about is actually so awesome, okay? So we're talking about Sabbath today. Um, just to give uh, an understand. Uh, just some background on my own understanding of Sabbath, like growing up. Um, I grew up in church, so I had heard of Sabbath, but my understanding was rather vague, right? I, I knew it was a Ten Commandment, so I, I knew that when it comes to Sabbath, we're supposed to remember it and keep it holy. <laughs> I knew that. But to me, what that looked like, practically speaking, is I went to church on Sunday, and then I watched the NFL until church Sunday night. That's how I remembered the Sabbath. And I kept it holy with the church part. And I remember the Sabbath when I was doing nothing but watching football, right? right? So that's, that was my, does anyone else kind of relate to that understanding of Sabbath? Like you go to church and then you just like chill out, like, right? Right, so that, that was kind of my understanding. And culturally, uh, it's just not a thing that, that was around me or talked about. And maybe you come from a background that was super familiar with it, but for me, it, it wasn't. I typically don't hear it in the big, broad conversation in the Christian realm, like Sabbath talked about. Um, and, and I wonder if that's not because uh, our culture really doesn't know how to have the conversation of, of rest. Uh, it's, it's not a conversation we're typically having, right? So think about when you go, hey, how are you? And someone goes, man, I'm good, but I'm busy. I'm good, but I'm stressed, tired, busy, right? Like that, that is always, like, <laughs> I think it's like regardless of phase of life, that's what it feels like. I say it all of the time. And and we say it with this like tone of exhaustion, but also I think there's like this subversive pride and importance in it. And I don't even mean like sinful pride, but just like, oh, I'm busy. Like, I'm important. I, I, I've been talking to a lot of people. Oh, I've been getting a lot of work done. Like, that's what it looks like. You know, I'm busy. I'm good, but I'm busy, right? That's just kind of how that conversation goes because we don't live in a, in a culture that really, I would say, I don't want to stretch too far and like, hey, but I don't know that we value rest. I don't know that we're like, actively looking for people who are resting well, right? And so the thing is just where we're at, I think that rest is, um, isn't really talked about, but if it is, it's, it's misunderstood a little bit. So um, rest can just be a synonym for sleeping, which is absolutely a part of it, right? But, but we just go, oh, it's just like the physical act of sleep, right? Um, or binging, like, oh, rest is when I sit on the couch and stare at a screen for 10 hours, right? Like, like that could be a small component of it. I don't think that's quite capturing it. Uh, maybe for some of us, rest just means, oh, once a week or once a year, I take a week of vacation. That's when I get my rest in, right? I just, I lump it all into a seven day period if I'm lucky, right? But even then we kind of carry some work with us and we come back tired. Um, there's also this idea of like, hey, work now, rest later. That's what retirement is, right? We kind of live in a culture that goes, get all of your work out now and then get all of your rest out later, right? Like, that's the idea. Like, so let's work tirelessly until we get to a point where we, we have whatever the adult things that you have when you're ready for retirement. And I, I totally know what they are. We all know, so I won't say them. And, uh, and, uh, and then when we get to that point, let's quit working, and, which I think is still an unhealthy understanding of work and the part of just being human that work is in a very healthy thing um, and rest and how they work together. So uh, I want you to hear uh, this, this stat kind of blew my mind. I was reading in The Good and Beautiful God about rest and uh, this fade that's happened over time in Western society. So like 200 years ago, the average person in Western society would sleep for an average of 9.5 hours a night. 
Not a week, a night, right? It's like, whoa. Some of us hear that. Some of our parents are just like, never is that ever possible in my wildest dreams. And we love you. And we're going to pray that over you, okay? But, but now the, the average person in Western culture sleeps under seven hours a week. It, or, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. They take a nap every day and that's it, right? Like we're all, that's why we're all drained. No, um, under seven hours a day, even though uh, it's proven that we are the, in our functioning our best when we're at least getting eight hours to eight and a half hours of sleep. And most of us are getting under seven. A lot of you identify with that. We're a culture that has grown to take pride in working overtime. The more tired you are is kind of synonymous with the more committed you are, right? And fatigue almost communicates a trajectory of success, like it, no one would ever say that. Hey, the more tired you are, the more likely you're doing it right. But you feel it. When I say it, you go, I kind of identify with that. Like if I think about the people I'm talking to who are successful, they're always running, always going. And that must be what it takes. I remember a 50 cent quote where, I didn't, this isn't in my notes, but I want to say it. What did he say? Um, Sleep is for people who are poor, I think is what he said. Because he, he was self-made. And it, the, 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 his life was spent with hours. He was known for not sleeping. And he would just work. When he wasn't doing an album, he was doing a movie. He's like, that's how I make money. And so that's kind of what we all are immersed in. That's an explicit way of saying it, right? But we've all felt that, that if you want to be successful, there's no time for rest. So I think this is the culture we're in. I was talking to a guy just, just like in the past two weeks who was like, the things he had set out to do with his business had happened. They had flourished. He's killing it. He's so successful, and he talked about how, but you know what? At the end of the day, you get in bed and you're just a guy getting in bed and you're tired and you're wore out and it doesn't do the thing. And culturally, we kind of find ourselves on the hamster wheel that Ecclesiastes is on, that, that book of the Bible. It's all about like, where do I find it? Like, what's the meaning? What's, where do I find fulfillment? Where's it all happen? And you just search and you search and you search and it, you never find it. You get something in your hand and like sand, it just slips out all of a sudden. And that's why we're going to talk about Sabbath today. I believe that Sabbath, within the practice of Sabbath, brings this restorative rest. That restorative word is really important here. Restorative rest. It brings fulfillment. Or it's it's something that opens up your heart to what actually fulfills. It is spiritually enriching. I think it's an amazing thing. So, um, yeah, let's lean in. Let's talk about Sabbath. Um, let's let's kind of set a biblical precedent. And um, before I get into the some of the passages that we're going to read, um, I want to just shout out James Bryan Smith, who wrote "Good and Beautiful God." He had a great excerpt on rest that just really helped me. Um, and then John Mark Comer, he is a pastor at Bridgetown in Portland, Oregon. Um, I always almost say Portland, Washington, but it is in Oregon. Am I correct? It's Oregon. Yes. Okay. I knew that. I was just testing you all. But um, he's, a, he's a pastor at Bridgetown, and he actually did a whole series on Sabbath start, uh, at the beginning of this year. So if you're a podcast person, I would really encourage um, going to his podcast. It started in January. Um, if, if you listen to that podcast and go, I'm pretty sure Josh said a lot of that. It's true. I gleaned a lot from him. He was amazing. He's much smarter than myself. So he was very helpful. So um, let's go. Uh, let's take a, a little dive into Sabbath. Um, this won't be like all the way comprehensive. I'm kind of green in this too, but I think it's awesome. So Let's take time to set the biblical precedent that we are made to work, made to rest. Um, Let's start out in Genesis. Genesis chapter two. So if you've got a Bible, it'll be right near the front. It's the first book of the Bible. Um, A couple pages over in chapter two, uh, verse one, if you've got a phone, that works too. The verse we're about to read comes right after. God has done something a little just low key. He created 
all of it in six days. Just all of existence is now uh, spinning and alive and flourishing, and he has called it very good. Um, And this verse follows uh, that event, that happening. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day. This is a key verse. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So it says that God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, okay? I think it's really important here um, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. All right, so God creates the world, calls it very good, and then uh, he rests on the seventh day, blesses it, and calls it holy, okay? So within my theology, I don't believe that God rested because God himself was fatigued, all right? I believe that God is infinite, right? I don't know that he needed like a nap, right? Um, That could, maybe he did, but I don't sense that's what is happening here. I believe what's happening is God is giving us some very cool insight into something he has woven into the fabric of creation, Uh, this idea of Sabbath. I believe it's like a centric part to to who we are and and how um, we function. Um, So I believe he builds a rhythm into creation. So if you think about this, all of society, whether Judeo-Christian or not, functions on the seven-day week, okay? Everybody does it, all right? At one point in 1793, France attempted to tweak the seven-day week and turn it to a 10-day week, all right? With the logic being pretty obvious. I bet if we worked more days, we would get more done. That sounds good, right? Let's be productive, okay? The result of this change was that suicide and mental illness went up, that happiness and overall productivity decreased. Even productivity declined by adding work days. So they switched back, right? Um, Studies show that productivity declines immensely after 50 to 55 hours of work. There is virtually zero difference between those working 90 hours and those working 50 to 55 hours. Guess how many days 50 to 55 hours ends up being? Yes, six. Yes, that was right. Six days, right? So, so studies show that, that six days of work versus 90 hours, which I don't even know what that would be, um, too many, right? But that there's no real difference in productivity. I mean, if you've ever heard of Seventh-day Adventist, there's a Seventh-day Adventist church right down the block. It's a Christian denomination that centers around Sabbath. And I've just got a fun fact for you, okay? Um, so um, 11, uh, sorry, the the average Seventh-day Adventist lives 11 years longer than the average American. What I'm about to say is, I'm not saying it's just 100%, this is logical, this is, will happen every time. I am saying that that 11-year gap is the sum of how many Sabbaths the Seventh-day Adventists have celebrated. So they've celebrated 11 years worth of Sabbath, and they live 11 years longer than the average American. Does that make sense what I just communicated, right? It's almost as if they gained all of their Sabbath back. Do not hear me promising that that's how it'll always work out, all right? So do you wanna live long? Sabbath, all right? But I do think that's fascinating. It's very interesting to consider, right? Um, So we see this in nature, 
that all of life needs rhythms of rest. We understand this. Day turns to night, night turns to day. Uh, spring and summer enter a necessary dormancy into fall, into winter. Um, I have a personal example of this that I, I think all of us probably have examples whether we know it or not. But I remember I took Christmas break um, a few years ago and Ethos is really awesome about um, Christmas break. They, they give us a few days before Christmas all the way through a day or two after New Year's. So on the right calendar year, it can be like two and a half weeks. It is legit and I'm very thankful for that. Don't covet. That's a Ten Commandment, all right? But it's just my experience. And uh, there was a, I remember I was driving back to Nashville from Murray, Kentucky, Christmas with the family. And uh, I just rested super well. And as I was driving, unintentionally, I started just fireworking ideas. Like I, just idea after idea started coming to my brain. And I, and I was thinking about how to do it. And I was like, like amped up. And, and uh, a couple of them didn't actually end up happening, but I was really excited about them and I had my plans and it was awesome. And I called, I called Dave Clayton, uh, one of the pastors here, and uh, I was like, dude, I just keep having these ideas. I don't know what is going on, but like I am ultra creative right now. And he said something cheesy and annoying, but also true. He goes, see what happens when you rest? I was like, oh my gosh, shut up. I don't care. But he, but he was teaching me a lesson, right? He was going like, hey, this is why we rest. This is, he was like, literally, this is why we make sure our staff does this in the calendar. We want you to rest. We, we don't believe that productivity keeps producing productivity and product, that rest is what produces creativity and productivity. This is a creative city. Have you guys ever had a creative block? You were trying to write or make something and your brain just couldn't get there. And the harder you tried, the worse your ideas got, <laughs> the worse everything got. But you took a nap or you... you, you Put your mind on something else and you rested. Have you ever experienced that? Where you took a break and then you found, oh, that brought me life. It's kind of an upside down logic, but I believe we're designed to work that way. That there is a point that we reach that work needs to stop and that rest will breathe life and productivity and creativity back into us as humans. So I think this is all very, very intentional. So the question I'll ask, and I bet you know my answer, is, is it possible that the God of all things did the six days of work and one day of rest on purpose? Is it possible it was to help us understand how we are to operate, okay? So we're, we're in Genesis, we get this implied thing where I think there's something to pay attention to. Now we're gonna transition to Exodus where it is not so implied, it is more explicit, okay? So Exodus chapter 20, hang with me, okay? I know, it's sweet, soft, and cloudy and, and nostalgic right now, but let's, just, let's hone in, let's, let's get into this word. It's gonna be saucy, all right. Exodus chapter 20, verse eight. So we're at a point right now where Moses is, is on a mountain and he is getting 10 commandments from God. The people of Israel have been delivered out of, uh, out of slavery in Egypt. And now God is about to give them some commands that are gonna help this group of people function holistically with God and with each other, okay? So these commands are, are not a conversation like of debate. It's, this is the precedent I'm, I'm, I'm making, okay? So verse eight, remember the Sabbath day, this is God talking, to keep it holy, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So God gives a command. Now this is pretty cool, all right? I don't know about you, but when I think command, I typically don't think gift, right? Those two things are different. When someone's commanding me to do something and someone's giving me a gift, 
two different scenarios. They don't fit in the same picture. But here, we see they actually do, right? So just imagine being at work and your boss coming up to you and giving you a command of taking the day off. And you're like, it's almost dizzying. Like, wait, you usually give me a thing to do. What is this foreign language you speak of, stop working, right? That'd be an amazing moment if your boss just randomly came up to you and was like, hey, you know what? I don't care. Go home, do something fun. You know what I mean? That would be almost like, that'd be amazing, right? That sounds like an ideal kind of day at work. I remember I was watching this video of the Vanderbilt football team at some spring or fall football practice. And it was when James Franklin was, was the coach, RIP. He's at Penn State now doing big things, but Vanderbilt's fine. Um, so James Franklin was coaching practice and uh, all these football players are sweaty. They're wore out. He calls them all in. He's like, he's like, you know, doing the coach thing. He's yelling at them. Like, he's like, I got one more thing for you. He's like, there's a truck over there. There's ice cream. Go get some ice cream. <laughs> All these 300 pound sweaty ripped dudes are like, ah, you know, it's just so, it's like the inner eight-year-olds just exploded out of them. But there was this moment where they were like ready for their coach to give them an imperative and he did, but the imperative was incredibly good news, right? And that is what is happening here. God is going, I'm not giving, I'm not like sitting down and negotiating. I'm not sitting down and, and brainstorming with you. Hey, do you think it's a good idea? He's going, hey, in the same line of honor your father and mother, of, of no gods before me, of don't steal, thou shalt not kill, do not covet, do not commit adultery, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Don't labor. Like, remember the Sabbath. Not you, not your son, not your daughter, not your servants, not the sojourner. Nobody is allowed to work. The employer, the employee, nobody. Shout out Chick-fil-A, right? They, they get it. Um, that was stupid. I didn't say that to nine. I thought it'd be a good idea at the 11. Didn't work. Um, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so there's this, there's this amazing um, kind of like this intertwining moment where it goes, hey, there's a command for you, but it's a gift. It's an imperative, but it's a gift to you, which is super, super cool. Um, and I, I want to break this down a little bit. This might be a good time to answer the question of, okay, I'm cool. I, we see it in Genesis. We see it in Exodus. But what's literally happening on Sabbath? Like, so when they got this instruction, what what did they do, right? So I wanna break that down very briefly, all right? Um, at the root, Sabbath was a time to steal yourself from labor, which is what we said, um, and remember God's fulfilled covenant, okay? Um, so families would work hard, get all chores and tasks done, all right? Anything that would require labor, they worked hard to get all of that done, and they would begin their Sabbath on a Friday evening. So it's a little different, right? They didn't wake up to Sabbath. Sabbath actually began in the evening. The Jewish calendar days began in the evening, all right? So on Friday evening, all the work would cease, and this is what they would do. Um, they would make an amazing meal, an abnormally good meal. And right there, I've already got us all. We're in on Sabbath. All right, let's get to the how. How do we do it, right? But there's an abnormally good meal made. Um, they, they feast, they rest, they go to the temple the next day, they, they worship God. Um, and, and a good word to capture this day is a word delight, all right? They rest with the Lord. It's a, it's a time of worship, um, but they don't spend the whole day in the temple, but it's a, it's a day of uh, delight. Uh, remembrance is also a good word here. In the Old Testament, the people would have taken Sabbath as a time to remember the Exodus, uh, the Israelites um, leaving Egypt. And it was a time to remember that, hey, our, our forefathers, our like great, 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 whatever grandparents, um, they fled Egypt and God delivered on his covenant. So Sabbath was a time to remember the goodness, the, the, the promise keeper that God is, okay? 
So um, Sabbath is where restorative rest, spiritual enrichment, fulfillment happens, okay? And we are gonna break all this down practically next week. That's the whole point. So we're gonna keep biblical precedent. We're gonna keep marching on. All right, are we still here? We good? You guys are doing great. I know what we're doing here. So good job. Let's keep, let's keep locking in. Um, Exodus 33, 14, God and Moses are having a conversation, which is already pretty cool. And uh, God tells Moses, hey, I will go with you and I will give you rest. This is this very cool thing that God's doing. He's going, hey, my presence will be with you and the incentive, the, that's probably not the right word, but the blessing of my presence being with you is that you get rest. And if you remember that as, as God delivers the Israelites out of Egypt, it wasn't just delivering them from Egypt, but to a promised land, okay? So when he delivers them to a promised land, listen to the language um, that describes this promised land, okay? This promised land, oh, wait, I'm not even there. Oh, I have it in my notes. Joshua chapter 21, verses 43 through 45, they've been delivered to the promised land. It says, thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give their fathers, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. So one of the places of hope in this promised land was that the people of Israel could look on every side and rest easy they had entered into the promise of God, okay? So we see the presence of God and the promised land of God is synonymous with the place of rest, okay? All right, that's great. So now let's move. There's much more um, in the exile. There's much more in the prophets, but we're gonna just skip on ahead uh, to the gospels. I'm gonna turn to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, because now I wanna hone in on Jesus a little bit, because um, Jesus does not leave this behind. Uh, it's very much a part uh, of what he has to offer us as well. Um, yeah, so Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, maybe you've heard this. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest, right? And uh, if you haven't turned there, this one may be more of a guess, but let's see if we can get it. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your, yes, that was great, rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus, the King of Kings, who in Matthew 6, just a little bit ago, was saying, hey, like our Father who art in heaven, he says, well, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This king that is uniting heaven and earth, who's showing the realities of heaven while on earth goes, hey, if you will come to me, a heavenly reality when you come into my presence is if you're heavy laden and you're burdened and you're in my presence, I will give you rest. And then he comes back to it and he specifies, he goes, not just any kind of rest. I'm not just talking about you're gonna hit the rim cycle a few times at night. You're gonna get rest for your souls. Does that sound like good to anybody else? Or it's like, I don't just wanna feel good physically. I want the very bottom of my heart to be at rest. And Jesus goes, hey, if you'll come and you'll follow me and you'll learn from me, I will give you rest for your souls. So here we have it again. Like the presence of God and rest are hand in hand. They're, they're a part of each other, which is incredible. Um, Mark 2.27 Jesus says, hey, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Sabbath was made 
for you. And if you remember, we were talking about prayer um, now, like six weeks ago, which is incredible, but we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And do you guys remember one of the, nickname is not the right thing, um, one of the names that the Holy Spirit is given? The Holy Spirit is called the, y'all remember? Help, my guy, Nick, that was insane. Way to go. Um, so it's called the helper. And we talked about how sweet is it that, that the Spirit of God is given a name by Jesus and he goes, it's the helper. What a sweet name to give the Holy Spirit. Like what is that, we, we talked about, what does that tell you about how God looks at you and what he wants for you? That his Holy Spirit that's promised is called your helper. Not your get this straight, not your fix this, not your like look at how bad you're doing. No, it's, no, it's the helper. That's what the Spirit of God is up to. I think that's so cool. And in Mark 2, 27, I see it again, this amazing notion. Like, what does it say about God that Jesus goes, the Sabbath was made for man? Like, it's for you. It, it's a gift to you, which I think is so sweet, so cool. Okay, um, last one. I'm gonna read um, Revelation uh, chapter 14, verse 13. End of time here, um, no biggie. And uh, Jesus is talking. I'm actually gonna read verse 12. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. There's this idea that the saints who endure enter into rest. It marks the kingdom to come. So rest is all the way back in Genesis. Or you see this idea that like on the seventh day, God rested, but at the end of time, as we enter into the kingdom of God, that those that who are saints that endure, that follow Jesus, we enter into rest. Like that's one of the promises of the kingdom. And so if, if rest is such a thing, right? I, I hope I, there's, there's literally so many more passages that I have and I can give them to you. But it's clear to me that rest is prominent in scripture. It's a part of life in the same way, working hard and making disciples and, and things that are extremely important, like rest is in there. It's in that conversation. And if rest is A, in the Bible a lot and awesome, right? Like who doesn't want that? Why don't we talk about it, right? Like why for some of us is this the first time? Like if I had to guess, some of you are here going, okay, like, a, I want to nap right now because we keep talking about resting, but B, I've also never heard this conversation or I've heard it very vaguely. Why is that? What is it about our culture that, goes, that hasn't like uncovered how awesome Sabbath is? One thing could be theologically some, I'm not going to deep dive here, but theologically some people believe that the old covenant fulfilled by Jesus abolished the Sabbath. I'm not getting into that. I'm going to go command or not command, right? That Sabbath is a gift, I believe it is a gift waiting for you, whether you see it as a command that is still legit or something that was fulfilled, okay? So I think Sabbath is a gift, but more so than anything, I also think it's because our culture has an unhealthy understanding of work and rest. Um, it's just an unhealthy understanding of, of work and rest that Sabbath can't quite squeeze into, okay? Um, rest is hard. It is hard to get away from work. Um, there's this mindset that if I don't do it, it will fall apart, has anyone had the thought, if I don't do this, it'll fall apart? Have you ever felt that? Yeah, a lot of people, you guys are killing it. Whatever you're doing, you're doing great. Uh, you're, you're obviously carrying a lot, but there's that feeling of, if I don't get this done, no one will. Like, so I've gotta work the extra thing. I've gotta do the too much, because if I don't, this thing's gonna shamble and it's gonna fall on me. Like, 
I don't know if that's the way to use the word shamble, like a verb like that. It's, it's going to shamble. Um, but, uh, but that can be a mindset. If I don't do it, it'll fall apart. Um, but some of us in a city like Nashville who are just now getting jobs like, and, and are working our way up the ladder, some of our mindsets go, if I don't do it, I'll be replaced. Like, if I do not do this, my boss clearly expects me to respond to email at 10 p.m. on Saturday. That's just a part of the game. Has anyone ever felt that? That, hey, if I don't do this, I'm just gonna get swapped out. So I love the Sabbath idea, but I'll get replaced like if I try to abide by this, right? It's a tension that we can live in. And, and you guys have very legitimate reasonings, right? Like if you feel these things, you're probably not just feeling it only because of stress or fear. There's probably some very practical implications, right? So I understand that, um, but it's a thing we live in. Um, I think uh, also externally, some of us are just busy bodies. We don't know how to rest. We didn't come from families, that rested, like our parents worked very hard and they, that's what we got taught to do. And so to not work is foreign. It doesn't even make, rest is weird. It doesn't even make, it's not even like in our brains like to even think about, right? Um, some of us are internally just busy minds. We have just internal addiction. We live in a very unique time where in the past decade, people have made a lot of money designing addictive technology that, that literally, that keeps our brains anxious stimulated and coming back for more. I mean, like that is what it is designed to do. So when you go, man, why can't I get off Instagram? It's like, because people who get paid a lot of money, who have a good education, have been trained to keep you on Instagram. Like that's why. And so some of us go, man, I can't rest. Man, my brain won't sit still. And it's because we're just kind of, that people are wreaking havoc on our minds. We live in a, a technological technological era that keeps our brains busy and rest feels far-fetched. Some of us see rest as lazy, right? Like you you work hard and non-work is lazy and it's boring and I don't want to do nothing and it's lame. And some of us see it as a luxury where like, hey, congrats to anyone who has it in their life to do Sabbath. That is not my luxury right now. There is too much to do. There is too much money to me to, that I need to make. Uh, I do not have enough time. And there's just not enough when we think about Sabbath. I just have no room for this. If I look at my calendar, there's no way I can find a 24-hour period, a six-hour period to just not be Productive. So this is all real. But what I believe about Sabbath is it declares that God is enough. That Sabbath is a declaration of trust in God's sovereignty. Like that, that when we, I trust God, I trust that the world and my world will not fall apart when I obey you. Like that the world, but also my world will not fall apart when I obey what you have for me. That when you prioritize Sabbath, your life will not fall apart. And not only will your life not fall apart, you will gain it. You will gain life. I, I talked about this at the nine, but Dawe is the guy that did our welcome and send. We've been walking together for years now. He's amazing. And he's a young entrepreneur and he's doing amazing. But if you've lived the entrepreneur life, I haven't, but by talking to Dawe, I picked up on this. Um, there is no cap to your hours. Uh, there is always work to be done. There's always good people to talk to, connections to be made, work to be had, right? Vision to be casted, vision to be built in the first place, right? And so he had to make, I remember us walking in and me just asking him, like, do you Sabbath? Do you take a day a week to let your mind stop, to just be with God and to enjoy and delight in the presence of God? And uh, we had to like, really talk about that. He, and I remember his being puzzled. He was like, I don't know how this is gonna work. Like we're just the demands of my workplace. But he has implemented that into his life. And I'm hoping to have him share whatever gathering he chooses to come to. We'll just see what happens. Maybe I'll talk him into both. But next week, a little bit about that. 
what it looked like for him to make a very practical transition into Sabbathing. But it has been so rewarding for his life. Like he has loved it. He will tell you about it within 10 minutes of knowing Dalway. He will probably talk about Sabbath um, and how, how awesome it's been for his life, okay? So um, it's a hard transition, but I believe it brings life. Um, and just to make sure we address the false narrative, Sabbath is not um, doing nothing. It's doing things that bring restoration. And that's what we're gonna dig into next week. So if you're sold, if like, I've already sold you, you're good. You see the, the Bible in it. You see that, that rest is good and it's healthy, but how do you do it? Because I believe that some of us are bringing in broken definitions of work and broken definitions of rest. We've attempted rest and not found it. We've worked too hard and feel exhausted. We're all over the spectrum. Next week is gonna be all about that, is how do we as a people very practically step into a restorative, restful rhythm? And I think I don't know how this talk has felt. It's been a tough read on the room all day. This is amazing. Sabbath is amazing. It is a gift from God that I believe is in your DNA. I believe your body is created to respond very well to it because you've been designed for it, to keep it holy, to remember it, to delight in it. And so that's what we're gonna do next week. Um, we're gonna get very practical and uh, I think it's gonna be amazing. I'm very excited. Um, so come back. Come back next week um, and, and let's talk about it together, okay? Um, while we go to communion, I wanna invite you into this prayer rhythm, okay? And you can do this on your own. If you wanna pray with someone else, go for it. Um, but I wanna invite you to pray God, will you help me learn to rest, all right? Some of us go, look, I'm not really working that hard. I don't have a lot going on. Then maybe it's a God, will you help me learn how to rest in health, like to rest well, to rest the way you want me to rest. And for some of us that can't turn off, God, will you help me to even be open <laughs> to, to resting? And so let's just pray about that and then ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to, uh, next week. Like, give us good ideas. Like, will you just give us epiphanies on how to work with our calendars to where, oh, wait, it's there. I can Sabbath. I can do it. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's stand together and uh, we can dismiss just the middle of the rows. Um, there's communion in the front and the back. So just really, we don't have a lot of people. So just go wherever you want. Communion's in the four corners. And, uh, and uh, just begin, just pray. Pray to yourself, God, if, if rest is important to you, if I've been designed to rest, will you help me learn to rest? It's a weird thought. You don't just fall into rest. You don't just rest when you're not doing anything. That rest is something that is learned, especially biblical rest. So um, pray about it. Pray with someone or pray on your own. And uh, Daniel and Amos are going to lead us into worship. Also, thank you, Daniel and Amos. They have been amazing leading us today.